Edition 8, Kombucha's Weird Name. Also in this week's edition, tie-dye origins, ethnic blankets, rage yoga, and magic salamanders. Welcome to Hippie Critical. Manifestation. Raves and transformational festivals. Sound healing. Tantra is about being embodied. To go completely barefoot. Someone that tries every single sort of hippie practice. Very subjective experiences. Skepticism is totally healthy. From the counterculture to the common culture. Kombucha's weird name. Before kombucha was popular with hippies, it was voted the most liberal product of 2009. The beverage was consumed across Asia. The drink was thought to have originated in ancient China around 200 BCE, hence its other name, Manchurian tea, which was uh, the name of Northeast China. But kombucha expert Hannah Crum says the origins are a game of telephone, starting from a Korean doctor, Komu Ha, who then became the Dr. Kombu, who supposedly brought kombucha to Japan. It gets weirder. The word kombucha, that's K-O-N-B-U-C-H-A, literally means kelp tea in Japanese, which is a real beverage. Academics speculate that English speakers misapplied kombucha to fermented tea because the gelatinous film uh, or the SCOBY is per- because the gelatinous film, the SCOBY, produced by kombucha was thought to resemble seaweed. Kombucha's fame as a health drink is owed to its probiotic content, which is often touted for its benefits to the gut microbiome. There's several larger health claims, such as kombucha's anti-cancer properties help with managing diabetes, and even sufferers of HIV have claimed that kombucha has helped them. But does the science hold up? A 2019 systematic literature review found no articles on the empirical health benefits of kombucha as identified from human subjects research, concluding that in reality, there's very little direct evidence for kombucha's health benefits. So... Don't go spending all your beverage funds on kombucha just yet. I myself love kombucha. There's one on tap at the office I work at. And I think there's some placebo effect of feeling better about my gut and feeling like it's doing something in the background. But honestly, um, yeah, like it's, I think a lot of its health benefits might be overblown. Um, Actually, doctors recommend that Actually, in a future episode, I'm going to dive in deeper about the health benefits and some of the misnomers around the benefits of kombucha. Tie-dye origins. I made tie-dye shirts in elementary school once. I wasn't paying attention to the method. Mine turned out like shit which involved tying parts of a cloth with rubber bands in order to color only portions of the cloth. Literally tie-dye. It just hit my head like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, it's, it's literal. <laughs> it's, it's the method. So although tie-dye rose to popularity in the 60s as a hippie fashion trend, the name literally refers to the tied and dyed technique 
documented as far back as 1909 and maybe even further back. Because this practice shares roots in ancient cultures like the Bandani, which literally means to tie, technique of India, the Shibori technique of Japan, and the Adiri of Yoruba, which uh, is Nigerian. So these tie-dyeing techniques go way back and different cultures have their own special unique ways of doing it. These days, tie-dye is making a modern comeback and was declared one of the top Instagram fashion trends of 2019. Why is this? So there's a, a famous fashion designer named Sai Ta. He's, uh, I believe, a, uh, he's an Asian man. And um, some of his tie-dye works has, be- has uh, become a big part of his uh, clothing line. And he says, Tie-dye is as relevant to the times now as it was in the counter-movement of the hippies. It's a reflection of freedom and hope. The tie-dye process always creates unexpected results, and its outcome is always uncertain, which I guess is the mood of the times now. The unknown, the unknown is more present. Amen to that. Ethnic blankets. Staying on that fashion thread. <laughs> what types of blankets do you have in the home? I was on a camping trip with a diverse group of friends. When I brought out the thick, traditional blanket given to me by my mother, I said, check out my Chinese blanket. Later, my Vietnamese friend walked in and commented, ooh, a Vietnamese blanket. Then a Mexican friend saw it and said, ooh, Mexican blanket. We all had a good laugh, looked at each other and said in unison, ethnic blankets. <laughs> this is just a fun tidbit because I always thought of the these thick pattern blankets. The one that I have has an image of a lion, cheetah, and a tiger all in one. And it's like red and thick, really warm. Uh, too hot to use most of the time in Southern California. And I always thought that was just like an Asian thing. It turns out a lot of <laughs> non-white people have these types of blankets. Um, on a related note, I was wondering why Mexican blankets, especially serapes, were so popular in yoga studios. And they're being sold in a lot of hippie new age stores now. Turns out there's a story about the famous yogi BKS Ayengar who traveled to Mexico to buy cotton blankets, which were traditionally used in his practice in India, but he discovered by chance the much cheaper and more durable serape. And ever since then, Mexican blankets abound in yoga studios. Yoga is all the rage again. There's a type of yoga that doesn't involve the usual meditative setting. It allows you to curse, drink alcohol, and release emotions. It's called rage yoga. According to founder Lindsay, Lindsay Istes, rage yoga is a practice involving breathwork, positional exercises, and the expressing of raw emotions with the goal of attaining good health and to become zen as fuck. Rage yoga is an attitude and a method of connecting you to your most badass self. And that is a direct quote. <laughs> Here's a CBS interview. Uh, there's a CBS interview on YouTube with the ladies behind Rage Yoga. And it's it, it looks quite fun. You know, people would be drinking alcohol and yelling and screaming and doing a lot of, you know, um, raw emotional release. 
And I dig the irreverent take on spiritual practices that can often feel holier than thou. Like, ooh, I'm so new age and hippie and enlightened. I do this thing. And I, I, I like how, you know, entrepreneurs, um, you know, kind of take advantage of that and take on their new forms. I also love derivative. I also love derivative forms of innovation. Maybe my next million dollar idea would be another take on yoga. How about electric yoga and EDM infused yoga practice? Oh wait, that does already exist. What about boga? When you drink boba and do yoga at the same time, that probably also exists. I, I feel like it's you know there's some like funny law, like it's like the law of porn. Something like that. It's like if you thought of it, it exists, and I feel like the same thing happens with yoga. In this week's random corner, magic salamanders named axolotls. That's spelled A X O L O T L S. So this is a cute Pokemon-like salamander, the axolotl, that resides in bodies of water,、uh, mainly near Mexico City. By the way, did you know Mexico City was built on a bunch of lakes? <laughs>、um, so, and and I believe Mexico City is sinking a little bit every year because of that. I really don't know how they pulled off that feat of、uh, urban engineering and planning, but、um, there's a lot of canals that connect to Mexico City,、uh, especially in a place called、uh, Zochimilco. And that's where a lot of the axolotls reside. So anyway, axolotl means water servant or water dog in Nahuatl, which is the language of the Aztecs. The Aztecs named this creature after Zolotl, just missing the a, their god of fire and lightning. Zolotl was said to have transformed into a salamander to avoid being sacrificed, so the sun and moon could move in the sky. These days. Axolotls are known for their regenerative superpower, and this is seriously trippy. According to life science, axolotls have the ability to regrow almost any body part—feet, legs, arms, tails, even bits of the heart and brain. That shit's crazy. Perhaps most surprising, organs, including eyes, can be transplanted between axolotls without rejection by the recipient body's immune system. In 1968, researchers showed that they could even transplant the head of one axolotl to another one and have functioned normally. I really don't want to know about the gruesome experiment in that last sentence.、Um, that's kind of crazy. Scientists actually did that, and it worked.、Um, but、uh, actually, to this day, it,、uh, axolotls are considered a delicacy in some areas. So you know,、uh, they were eaten for food since Aztec times. I believe、um, some like village、uh, medicine people in—I really don't know what to call them—in Mexico.、Uh, sometimes they'll breed a special type of axolotl and like make them into soup、um, as some sort of medicine. Axolotls are now considered an endangered species. They're facing water pollution in the lake Zoc- in Lake Zochimilco, and new predators like tilapia and wasteful humans. So,、uh, by the way, tilapia and other predatory fish to the axolotl were introduced to the lake、um, by city planning experts because they were trying to feed people 
you know, with a more nutritious and protein-heavy tilapia. Uh, just last year, fun fact, I was one of those tourists riding along the Xochimilco River, drinking beer in a rented trajinera, which is one of these uh, little long boats that you could just rent and float along all these winding, uh, I don't know, paths and canals. And it's actually a really good time. But if I had known that that might have tr- contributed to the polluting of the waters that mess with these cute Pokemon-like creatures, maybe I wouldn't have done it. These days, Mexico City's walking fish, the axolotl, these days the axolotl, which are known as Mexico City's walking fish, are celebrated. They adorn the walls as street art, and they're sold as plush toys. The axolotl will even appear on the 50 peso bill in 2022. So right now, many people keep them as pets. Um, there are several interesting videos of axolotls on YouTube. There is this one that you should look up, like type in axolotl yawn. They have some of the cutest yawns. It's, it's just super cute. And just to finish off with some quick facts, axolotls are a thousand times more resistant to cancer than mammals. And axolotls choose, depending on their environment, to be an, e- to be an eternal teenager and live underwater, or they can choose to lose their gills and become a land-dwelling salamander. And at that point, I think they're a little less cute. <laughs> so I really didn't know where to fit this whole bit about axolotl, so there's your random weird corner for the week. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Hypocritical. If you want to get your weekly dose of weird, sign up on hypocritical.org newsletter. It's where I share new trends and dig up gems from the spiritual realm, mystical practices, and beyond. You can sign up for the newsletter there or check back on this podcast that you're listening to for weekly audio editions. Please share it with everyone. Share it with your cult family and members, with your twin flames, your Starcross ex lovers. If you got value out of fun roundups like this, then I think your community would love it too. So share it with them. That's the highest honor you could pay me. And if you dig what I'm doing, please rate my podcast five stars on iTunes and everywhere where you listen to. It actually goes a long way of helping my podcast get discovered. So it's not just some fringe mystical little podcast just like floating out there and you know not getting discovered we'd like more people to discover this giving it a review and uh and some comments and sharing with your friends that's the most powerful thing you you could do to help me out more than money not gonna ask you for money and uh not gonna sell you jade eggs so (laughs) i'll give you that thank you for your support and keep listening